Sponsored by Fast Custom Shirts here at boygob.com, where you can find all the links you need to videos, websites, and t-shirts. Oh, shit. That was my phone telling me I was live. I can't believe it. Joe Technology and the times we're fucking living in. How was your week? Uh, Let's see. I was in the shop every day until about 11, close to midnight most days. And then on Thursday, down to, to visit family. So thanks to all the people that financed that trip by getting all the uh, custom work done. And uh, yeah, it's been a blur. But yeah, I've got another busy, busy week this week. So more days at the at the shop late at night but hey better than doing nothing builds character it does it builds character joe yeah, oh, but shit a week too tom yeah i mean i'm definitely in fucking full swing in a Halloween production and that shit. I got three runs. I got to get done by a week before Halloween. Almost done with the first one. Should have that done this week, early next week. Shipped out early next week. <clears throat> then I got something I got to take care of quick. And then it's on to uh, the next two. And we'll get this shit done. And hopefully there will be something extra spooktacular this Halloween season. Fuck. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't fucking know. But uh yeah, just a lot of a lot of shit to do. Short time to do it, but it'll get done. Speaking of which, I gotta email him back. Yeah, make a note of that. I will. Yes. Sorry, my bad, dog. I've been sick. Are you still sick? No, but I mean just catching up this week. I had a headache a few days. and Yeah. Anthony, I believe we do. I believe we do. And that's fastcustomshirts.com. Yes, yes. No, it's not. Well, all right, then. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear your week has been treating you well, and hopefully this week will teach you a little bit about time management, Joe. So we all need to learn how to manage that time. Yeah, it is. You I mean, know what they say. I got all the shit done last week I needed to do, so I need to do the same this week. I need to stay on that pace, on that schedule. But, uh, you know, it's been that 
and you know what it's like when you get in a zone and then you just don't want to stop. You just want the to auto zone and fucking work and work and work and work until the shit's done, you know? It's and the so you story start, of my life. Until you start fucking up, then it's time to to put it on pause. Well, I never you know, do start that. again the next morning. No, no, not you, Tom. Of course not. No. Because I know what I'm doing, you see. Right, you do. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's about time, Joe. It is. It is about time. Amityville 1992. This is a movie about a haunted clock. You ever see this one? Long time back on the HBO, I believe. It's not TV, Joe. It's HBO. Right. So it's it's TV? No. It's HBO, you see. Pretty much TV now. It's it's HBO. It's not TV, but but it's on TV. But it's about time. Yeah, what a piece of shit! (laughs) Fucking sucked. All the characters were unlikable. It was like a fucking adult Goosebumps episode. It wasn't good, Joe. I kind of like the the one about the the clock, right? The haunted clock. Okay. Yes. It's a clock that's haunted. Ooh, spectacular fright. Because it comes from the Amityville house, right? Got sold in a no. garage sale or something. No, some guy, he was like overseas or one? some shit. I don't know. This Besides one of the Polonia Brothers Amity movies, this is the only one that I've seen. Uh, I think the dad just got it on a business trip. He says, oh, blimey, mate. I got this fucking... Time teller, let's put it on the wall now. So they do, and then it's haunted. It sucks. <laughs> would not, would not recommend. Uh, yeah, there's really nothing here to give a fuck about. I mean, the steps, not the stepson, but the son, he's fucking, he sucks. I guess the fucking thing would be, hey, watch it to watch this guy fucking suck. But then I'm sure there's pornographies for that. So I would say that would probably be a better use of your time. Watching two gay men blow each other than watching Amityville, whatever, number 1992. It's about time. I think I'll stick with it's about time, Tom, mm. rather than watch the, the I, I Expand your horizons. I'm all right. I don't need nothing expanded. (laughs) Well, then enjoy. I myself didn't care for it. (laughs) I can't comment on that, Seabury. But, uh, hey, who knows? We'll, uh, We'll get to that sooner or later, and you'll be like, life's funny. (laughs) <laughs> funny how thing turns out so we'll get to that eventually i watched nothing this week tom except for a movie about a turtle which we'll get to I'm sorry uh, to hear that i started I watched movie, a few things but haven't finished it so i'm not going to talk about it until the movie's done ah i watched a movie called end of the line it's by the bloke who made Slashers, a movie we talked about a few weeks ago. It's a good one. Slashers, that is. Well, yeah, this one, uh this one wasn't as good. It was it was okay. Uh the super religious start stabbing the fuck out of motherfuckers because the apocalypse is happening. And uh, I guess the rapture is like these super religious people just stabbing the fuck out of you. And then um, little demon guys or big stretched out demon guys show up at the end. It was okay. Like, it had a good concept and could have been done better. But, like, a lot of the acting was fucking horrible. And uh, it just wasn't executed as well as it could have been. But, I mean, for what it was, it was all right. Uh, it's, it's, it's no frailty, Joe. But uh, it's all right. I'm not going to say rush out and watch the motherfucker or anything, but uh, if you come across it and you're interested, I guess, but 
Very state, huh? John Goodman was in Red State, wasn't he? Yes, he was. So I mean, it's better just because of that. I mean, There's Red no State's better. Left just... Behind Three, huh? Nah, this this is a little better than Left Behind Three. I don't know. Three's the best one. Well, maybe you'll have to watch End of the Line because it's about a train. You see, it's about getting a train run on you. <laughs> It's whatever. And then I watched a movie called Paladrome. Tom's going for a gay theme tonight. A theme. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Don't you just spit on the floor? And then I watched a movie called Paladromes. <coughs> this is another one by that gentle fellow, Tan Shalones, who uh, I've been watching uh, movies every so often. The happiness guy. Uh, again, this dude and his fucking kid fuck movies. I don't know why this is like a theme with this fucking guy, but it is a, I want to say 12-year-old, maybe 13-year-old gets uh, knocked up by someone her own age, thank God. And uh, then it's like her, her wacky adventures going through life after having a forced abortion by your mother and uh, the little girls played by like different actresses throughout the whole thing. Not like she's growing up and it's played by different people, but like every scene, it's clearly a different actress. Maybe it's and reflections of her personality, Tom. Maybe you're supposed to think, well, how would you feel if it was this person going through this? Or how would you feel if it was this person going through this? Maybe it's all a palindrome for how you look at it, Joe. It's the same as it would be the other way, you see. Backwards and forwards. Yes. So maybe that's it. Or maybe it's just his goofy art house style of fucking very dry comedy. I don't know. Uh, I did have a lot of laughs in it. It wasn't the best, but uh, I found some shit very funny. Like she winds up at this halfway house for uh, handicapped children who uh, like go on a fucking concert tour singing about not getting abortions and shit for Jesus. And they're all dancing and something to behold, Joe. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's just another one of his weird fucking kid fuck movies. It, I'd be like, man, does this guy make any fucking movies? It's not about this shit. So then I watched Wiener Dog, another one of this guy's movies. And uh wasn't that funny, though. But luckily it didn't have any kid fuck shit in it. So he might be a goddamn hack. <laughs> <laughs> That one was pretty lame. Uh, it's an anthology, so no surprise there. Kind of a sequel to Welcome to the Dollhouse, but uh, there's really not a whole hell of a lot going on here. Pretty, pretty lame, and uh, the dog definitely dies. So, yeah, not great. Welcome to the Doghouse. Is that Nastasha Leone chick? No, that, that is not. That's Welcome to the Dollhouse, right? Yes. I don't know. That's all right. And then, Joe, a few days before that, I watched The Giver 2. He's a dark hero, you know. Is not Mark like Hamill his... in this one? He is not. This movie could have used Mark Hamill. And a lot of the fucking goofy shit from the first movie it could have used because this one does not have it. This is the most straight-up adult Power Rangers shit I've ever fucking seen. Stupid fucking plot. The sets suck. Stupid monsters fighting a guy in a stupid fucking suit. That stupid Power Rangers way. Like, all the charm and the funny shit that the first one has, this one do it right out the fucking window and has none of it. I did Power not Rangers care for Japanese or Chinese? <laughs> fucking dirty knees, I think, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I just know Marvel did a comic or somebody did a comic 
back when Wizard was out, and it was like on Wizard's top ten for a while. And it's like, hey, fuck that, Wizard, fuck you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Japanese show called Super Sentai, and then they just added a bunch of crackers in it, like shot some shit in the U.S. and just mm-hmm. mishmashed the footage together. I think, but that's about all I know about the old Power Rangers. That, and I don't like it, and I don't fucking like the Giver too, Joe. I would say uh, check the first one out 100%. It's a fun watch, except for when they're doing that Power Rangers bullshit. But uh, other than that, it's pretty good. But Dark Hero is just all Power Rangers bullshit. And it sucks sand, Joe. Sand, it sucks. Is it better than that TV show Mantis? Sounds familiar. <laughs> Can't say I remember it. I want to say it was on Fox, right? Sci-fi channel, I believe. Oh, all right. Well, it's about the same shit. <laughs> yeah. But no, I did not see Mantis. But I did see the Oregonian Joe. This is a, a movie about a lady who is in a car accident. And uh, does she have a brain injury? Is she dead? Is she in limbo? I don't know. It's just a bunch of goofy nonsense that happens. Doesn't matter. There's a fucking guy in a frog costume. There's a guy making eggs in the fucking bathroom of a uh, motel. Scrambled over easy. I can't remember. I think he was making omelets or something, dude. Like Western uh, style omelets or big fat guy omelets. I can't really remember. It looked okay. It definitely looked like something that would be on PBS. Oh, I thought you were still talking about the omelet. No, but, uh, I mean, the omelet was part of the movie, so I guess technically I am. But uh, it's just goofy, weird shit for the sake of goofy, weird shit. If you want, like, an A24 PBS movie, check it out. But uh, Is it an A24 no, definitely not, but it's just that goofy fucking nonsensical shit and just yeah, can't can't recommend it, but I've definitely seen worse. I would say watch this before fucking Amityville 1992 and their stupid haunted fucking clock. That shit's mm. And then Joe, I watched L period A period Bounty Starring Sybil Danning and Wings Hauser. This is that Mexican movie, right? La Bounty? No. No? There's periods. Ah. And the A is capitalized. So. La Bounty. No. no. L period, A period, Bounty. Mm. So it's L-A Bounty. And in this one action movie tough guy Sybil Danning plays a deaf mute. It's kind of like they were trying to make a Lady Terminator, but they didn't get the memo that that movie was already made. So it's just Sybil Danning walking around really stiffly trying to get revenge on Wings Hauser for uh, icing her partner, you see. And Wings Hauser plays an eccentric painter who just paints a naked broad. I don't think we ever get to see the painting that he paints of her either. <laughs> but uh, Wings Hauser plays a Spider-Man villain in this one. It's pretty good. Towards the end, he turns into Mysterio, and she's, like, tracking him down in his warehouse, and he's fucking around with, like, animatronics and these fucking, like, Green Goblin's little bomb bat things. It's fucking insane. They definitely were reading some fucking Spider-Man comic stuff. But she's deaf mute, so she has no lines. In this she doesn't really say her. shit. She just walks around like Dolph Lundgren when he first came to the country. Does it's she fucking... do those like moaning weird noises that the deaf mutes make? Not really, but she's wearing very high-waisted uh, tight jean pants. So it looks like she has a giant fat pussy thing. I think you people call it a fupa. It is very unappealing. And I know she's supposed to be like this big, attractive, this big, attractive lady. Like she's in the circus or some shit. But uh, 
she doesn't come off like uh, an attractive lady in this movie. She comes off like might be half retarded. She might be ready to pick her kids up from soccer or some shit. But uh, so is she playing Charles Bronson's daughter from Death Wish? 2? I mean, she's pretty much trying to play Charles Bronson. Because she was movie. deaf and mute too, right? Charles Bronson's daughter, or was she just retarded? I don't remember. It's been a while. I mean, it's the same know. shit, Joe. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's worth watching for fucking Wings Hauser and his wacky Spider-Man villain shit. But if that wasn't in it, I would say pass. But if you're a Wings Hauser fan, I'm sure there's fucking worse shit you could watch like Amityville 1992. Wings Hauser's fucking great. Mm. And the last movie I watched was One Down, Two to Go. This is a Fred Williamson-directed movie that he only shows up halfway in. The first half is like Jim Kelly on the black karate circuit. And uh, Old Shaft, what's his nuts? Richard Roundtree's his manager or some stuff. And then they get roughed up. So it's up to the original gangsters, fucking Jim Brown and Fred Williamson, to fucking shoot all the evil white people and act badass as hell. And they do. And when they show up, it's fucking awesome. But before that, it's just a mm, movie. I was never a Jim Kelly fan. I would say he's my least favorite out of the old black exploitation heroes. And honestly, I don't like the original Shaft all that much either. Like, I dig him in the new one when he comes back as old Grandpa Shaft with fucking Nick Cannon and uh, Samuel L. Jackson or whatever. But for my money, Samuel L. Jackson is Shaft and Morgan Rustler because he was a very fine Shaft and Shafted. But yeah, for my money, Samuel L. Jackson. People stabbing himself in the chest with the ice pick? Mm, not going to beat that anything in Shaft in Africa or Shaft's big score. But they're okay. I just like Samuel L. Jackson's better. But uh, yeah, one down, two to go is fucking awesome once Fred Williams and Jim Brown show up. It's good shit once they show up. But, I mean, if you like Jim Kelly and his fucking black karate man shit, then, I mean, maybe you'll like it. But I was never really into kung fu movies or black karate men. And that's pretty much the whole first half of this motherfucker. And hmm, there's a lot of it. <laughs> Tom doesn't like black karate men. <laughs> You heard it here first. Not so much. I bought that shit. I forgot what the fuck it was, but Treasure of the Ninja. No, it was Treasure of the Ninja or some shit like that from Vinegar Syndrome. Piece of fucking shit. But if you're a Jim Kelly fan, I'm sure you wouldn't like it. No, that one is... uh. Yeah, it's not very good. (laughs) But Joe, that is all that I watched this week. Except for, oh yeah, get a beer for this. Joe walking away, so I'm just not gonna say anything because I'm just said a whole bunch of shit. What was this one called? I forgot the name of it already. Gamera. Gamera, Gamera. <laughs> you know, they call I, him Gyros. That's the name that he makes, or the noise that he makes. Even though after that little fucking kid said that shit, I specifically listened to this motherfucking Gyros squawking, and it never once sounded like Gyros! Gyros! Never once. It was more like Okay, so this movie, we got some social commentary, and that's where we start out, right? They're building a, a road, and it's going to go through some village of some poor Japs, you know? And do they want a road going through their village? Fuck no. But, hey, that's progress, you know? But the thing is, progress, it comes with a price, because you might wake up old Gyro there. Gyro's going to come out with his fucking wings, you know? And uh, 
yeah, he comes out and he's terrorizing the place and he fights. Does he fight Gamera for sake? It seems like there was very little Gamera action in this movie. There was a lot more Gamera in this one than the last one because they said, oh, we got to make this for the kids and add more Gamera in it. Plus, it was an hour shorter. And as always, we got the Jap government that is uh, trying to come up with a plan. Just fucking call them jalapenos. To, uh, to take care of Gyro there. And their plan is, hey... Let's get him dizzy. <laughs> you spin me right round, baby, right round. <laughs> Kept thinking of meat spin when they were doing that. <laughs> oh, that's their fucking plan. Uh, but yeah, I guess... Because uh, then he'll black... fall over and he can't get up and the sun yeah. will get him because he's a vampire, you see. And... Giles the Vampire Bird. You got a another fat Asian kid that rides Gamera for a little bit, but then he's like in all I the like meetings. to call him Kenny too. <laughs> he's in all the meetings, you know. Like the government just oh yeah, come on in, kid, hang out with us or whatever. Hey, is that the little fat kid that rode Gamera? <laughs> take him into the take him into the back room and molest talk to him. And Gyro just beats the shit out of Gamera. I mean he you know <laughs> Yeah, it's goofy as fuck, this movie. He but shoots was, yellow lines out of his mouth. Definitely better than the last one. <laughs> definitely better. I put it on, and uh, my mom and aunt were watching it. You know, Slapped like, you in the mouth. No, they got into it. You know, like my mom, like, because at one point, uh, Gyro has his toes cut off. And then they grow back, and my mom was, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that looks great, Mom. <laughs> this is a special effect here. See, I've also watched this with my mom, but she's also been watching all these Gamera movies with me so far. It's something we do every week. We get together and <laughs> we watch these Gamera movies. And while What's she your was... mom's thoughts on, on <sighs> old Gamera and Gyro? While she was watching this one, she looked at me and said, Fat Boy, are our movies, meaning Americans, are, are they this stupid? <laughs> Some of them are, Ma. Yeah. Let Some me put on are. it's about time for you. <laughs> but yeah, unlike you, I didn't really care for this one so much. Uh, you can tell the budget was way down. Gaios looks fucking terrible, especially fucking how big of a part and how good that it looks in uh, the Gamera trilogy from the 90s. This shit is like the whole thing's a stereotype of a Gamera movie. Like if you want to watch a stereotypical Gamera movie, this is it. Yeah, this the... has all the all the shit that you think is this garbage ass fucking bootleg Godzilla movie. It's in this one. Gyro does look like shit. Looks like a really bad uh, bootleg Rodan. Not and, not good. And yeah. uh, the only information that the book gave me on this movie was this is considered by fans to be the best one of the original movies. So. I thought it was fun and goofy. <laughs> and like, I, especially coming on the heels of that last one, I didn't want to watch any more Gyro movies after that shit because that shit was just boring as fuck. Uh, this one had some more miniatures, which I like, you know, little trucks going down a little road, you know, that's constructed. Which, why? You couldn't film somebody driving on a bridge? Like, that was fucking, it was not needed. There was no need to shoot that as a fucking miniature. Because that's car their driving thing. over. You gotta bridge. have miniatures for it to be a camera movie. Yeah, but then they show like the kid driving his little toy car, and that's supposed to look like a miniature. It's like, oh no, it's just him playing with. I mean, cars. you can make a big budget, like whatever you know, try to be as realistic as you want. Like they've done that with Godzilla, and those movies are shit, aren't they? I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched them. Tune I watched next one of them. Year. Yeah, they suck. Uh I mean, that, that shot was just very unnecessary, and you could have just 
shot a regular ass car driving a bridge. But uh, yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't get behind this one. I was very, very bored with it, and it was just very, very poorly made. Like this is just a garbage ass Godzilla ripoff. But we'll see you next week, Joe and Gamera. Battles a giant octopus woman thing. So we'll see. Yeah. Wood Wreck. It's all right. <laughs> I've definitely watched worse. But I was kind of bored with this one, even though it was an hour or a half hour shorter. You want to talk about the first appearance of the jackal? Iconic issue of Spider-Man's hair. Uh, should it be considered iconic? I don't know. I mean, the Punisher we see in this is not the Punisher we know now. He's uh, Yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't picture his first appearance. He was going to be in a fucking team-up villain tag team with the Jackal. Yeah. And the Jackal, yet another new villain uh, that has some kind of vendetta against Spider-Man's. But we'll get to that in the coming. I already know how this plot line plays out. And you know what I don't think we do, do, Joe? What? I don't think we ever say, hey, this is Amazing Spider-Man issue 129. Yeah, 129. <laughs> the first uh, appearance of the Jackal. Punisher. And, yes. Let's see. It's in here somewhere. No, you don't have an original copy? I Nah, I just... I got it somewhere rolled up. Sold it for booze. (laughs) Shit. So this... You guys know this cover, if you know anything about comics. Uh, The comic itself, I don't know how much it's worth. doesn't fucking matter. You're not going to rush out and buy it. And you shouldn't. Boy gob effect. This is a mediocre issue. Like, a lot of the stuff that uh, maybe it would have been better with a better artist. But like I've said, Ross Andrew, he, the dude sucks. <laughs> he's just a, a shitty artist. And, uh, oh, shit. You How you say this guy's fucking name? <laughs> how do you say his name? I don't fucking know. Ross Andrew. That's how you say it. I'm not going to correct you. Well, I mean, I don't know the guy, but fuck him. And uh, I will not. This it's just it's just mediocre, you know. That Spider-Man's he still still hadn't got that car ready, the Spider mm-hmm. car. Tune in next ready, week, you know. And uh, he's still you know having J. Jonah Jerklin call him an idiot when he goes in there to sell pictures, and that's pretty much it. That's the whole issue. He fights. The, the Punisher twice and because the Punisher thinks Spider-Man's a criminal you see. Because he killed Norman Osborn that's what most people think right now yes you know? so he's pretty much craving the hunter without the laser nips we got Harry Osborn acting all fucking crazy and strung he out hasn't paid his fucking rent in three months three weeks I mean that's what junkies do so Conway you got that right <laughs> And uh, I don't know, Mary Jane's being a whore with Professor Warren, who and Professor the, X, which they may, didn't show. Maybe the Jackal. <gasps> and yeah, Spider-Man's and the Punisher—they resolve their differences. They, they, oh, it was a misunderstandings, and they go their separate ways. Oh, sorry, I thought you were one of those fucking Italians. My bad, dog. And they do the little dap thing and go on their merry way. Mm-hmm. He had to make sure that Spider-Man was a Polak under that mask and not one of those filthy fucking Italians. Yeah. Because that's what the Punisher does. He hunts down wops, Joe. That's what we learned from J. Jonah Jerklin <laughs> is that he's Punisher, Dago Hunter. Well, I mean, he just said the criminal underworld, and that's the fucking Dagos, you know? Hey, you can't say it. I can, and I will. <laughs> you know? All right, then. It's I'm just, I'm... you know? 
The Chinese? Yeah, you know. Oh. The garlickies. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. You like this? Sometimes. What's our list this time? Oh, so our list is our top 10 with honorable mentions. Marvel comic covers. Tom put a lot of thought into his list. I did not. I did this within the past hour or so. But still, some good ones and some covers I genuinely like. So even though I did it last minute, I didn't totally half-ass this. Tom's got like special. He's got visuals for you this time. So uh, I guess I'm going through my honorable mentions. Fuck, I didn't write that shit down. Hold on. Okay, so one of my honorable mentions is Howard the Duck, number three. The Master of Quack Foo issue. And this was done by Rich Buckler. Look at that fucking cover. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, Tom doesn't like it. Anyway, another one of my honorable mentions is this issue of the Fantastic Four, number 258. See this? Dr. Doom, he's ripping up the cover. And if you flip open that cover, that's the first page you can see through there where he's ripped it up. This whole issue is about Dr. Doom, so it's pretty cool. I like that one better. It has nice composition, and it's not so busy like the last one. <laughs> and look, the Fantastic Force peeking through that little window. And you see his reflection off his hand. It's good. Yeah, and then Spider-Man's looking through another little one. I'm mm -hmm. like, what's going on in here? Um, yeah, I tried not to pick covers where it's just people running towards the cover, you know? No. And there's a lot of shit like that. Like uh, this one? And then we have this one, where it's uh, Submariner and Hercules just pissed off at each other and fighting. And actually, Hercules just wanted to fight him because Submariner was, was like acting all down in the dumps like a bitch. So he says, hey, fuck it, man. Let's fight. And they do. And I like this cover. It made me buy this issue. And my next honorable mention is the Man Thing cover. This is a Frank Brunner cover. And uh, you would think that a series like Man Thing would have a bunch of cool fucking covers. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But this first issue, I thought Brunner like, got a good pose here. It's, it's good issue. But he's coming towards the fucking cover. You know, he's. I went against my rules, but fuck it. I was running out of time. Tom was getting all frustrated and shit. But yeah. Yeah. Honorable mention. Then my final honorable mention. Again, Man Thing on the cover. This time he's fighting the Hulk. Oh. And I think... Is this a Bernie Wrightson cover? Shit, I don't remember. Yeah, it is. No. Or is it Mike Cthulhu? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I like this cover. In those. It's Bernie Wrightson. Yeah. <laughs> those are Joe's honorable mentions. I like, I haven't seen that Fantastic Four one before. I did like the composition of the, uh, the uh, page with the hand. And then if you said you could turn it over and it's the page underneath, that's pretty good. That was gimmicks before gimmicks were gimmicks. Jeff. Right. They would have had it die cut if they did it in the early 2000s and, or late 90s. And holographic. Mm -hmm. Well, Joe. Scratch and sniff. My first honorable mention is Man Thing number one, the second volume. I like the composition 
a little more of this one than I do the original number one that you did because the original number one always reminded me of like, oh, they caught Man-Thing whacking off and he's trying to cover up. But I like the big hulking guy coming out of the water with the fucking moon and the trees behind him and shit. I always I thought it was lazy on the background and the <laughs> foreground and everything. The other one had all the vines and shit. You know, like he's actually in a swamp right here. Is what is he in the African desert or something? Well, this is the house of the rising sun, <laughs> like that song by the animals. You see, uh -huh. it was good. But yeah, I like it. The art isn't the best, but just composition and what it's representing and all that. If, like, a modern-day artist would take the same thing but draw it well, it would look fucking awesome. And that's why it is just an honorable mention. And then I have Deadpool 19. This was the comic that got me reading Deadpool. Again, I think it's good composition. I like the look of Spider-Man there. Spider-Man like 16 in this issue or something? Well, I mean, you know, when you think of Spider-Man, you're supposed to think of him as, you know, a teen, even though he was only a teen for about 20 issues. But, you know, that's normally how he's drawn and all that shit. So the background could have a little bit more going for it. Or anything. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, but... uh. I just really like the look and the pose of Spider-Man right there. And then this one, classic, classic imagery, great composition, like how I commented on the fucking Doctor Doom where you see the fucking face in the glove. Not a fan of McFarlane's Hulk, but like I said, that Wolverine doesn't look that great either. But it's an iconic, iconic shot that has been uh, recreated many, many times better. But this is where it came from. So fuck you. And again, great composition. Like a lot of these. Not a lot going on in the background. But fucking better, Ray Bill. Walt Simonson, if you like both those fucking things, how can you not pick this? This one cover? almost made my list, but I had a feeling it was going to make yours. Mm, and uh, it didn't, but it was made my, an honorable mention. Yeah, out of my two Simonson Thor, there's this one and the one with both him and Thor, like running towards, you know, running towards the reader. That's a good one, but mm -hmm. I'm not a Thor fan. I like better Ray Bill because he beat the shit out of him twice and didn't kill him. He's like, not even worth it. So for that standalone better Ray Bill cover and because it's the fucking, it's a key issue, Joe. And finally, the only gimmick cover on here, Amazing Spider-Man 375, Mark Bagley, this is the fucking comic I tried to have Stan Lee sign, and he said, no, no, I didn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> and I was just standing there as a little kid like, what? Fucking piece of shit. But again, good composition, and then you got the fucking holographic gimmick used, kind of cool, where it's just the spider webs and shit in the background. Granted, they were fucking 990 million of these fucking printed up, but... <laughs> It's still pretty fucking cool. And I like it. And Joe, those are my honorable mentions. Pretty good, Tom. Pretty good. Thank you. At number 10, I have whatever Tom's going to click on here. Dr. Strange, Frank Brunner yet again. Because he was doing a lot of shit for Marvel back then. Uh I think this was Doctor Strange's first series because before that he was in a book called something else, not called Doctor Strange. But, yeah, I like this cover. You got all these fucking snakes coming out of that crystal ball, and there's death in that crystal ball. And, uh, yeah. That, that bitch Apocalypse is trying, or what, Thanos mm -hmm. is trying to fuck? And it's all framed well. It's It's a good cover. Good cover, Mr. Brunner. Little busy for my taste. I know you don't to... you don't seem to like backgrounds. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Joe, my number ten. 
doesn't really have a background to it. <laughs> it's Todd McFarland's. Uh, what is that? Three eleven? I can't remember. If it's three eleven or three one three. It's one of those. But uh, great lizard. I always thought Todd McFarland's lizard was the best because it looked fierce, like a monster. It didn't look like a fucking half wit Goomba from Mario Brothers. And uh, you know, Spider Man just looks in peril. You didn't really see blood on the cover of Marvel Comics, and there you go. Maybe he was just eating a jelly sandwich, and that's how they got away with it. But uh, good composition, fan of McFarlane Spider-Man shit, and for my money, that is the best lizard out there. Joseph. At number nine, I have whatever Tom's going to pop up here. Eventually, <laughs> might have not have sent me a nine, Joe. Nope, I don't have a nine for you. Okay, at number nine, <laughs> I have this uh issue. Captain America, and it is number 286. No, not that one. Wow, I have two Captain Americas. It's 230. Do you have a picture of it? Uh, I don't know how to put it on here. I don't know if you had one on your phone or something. Uh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> it's all right. Who's in this? Why is this a key issue? Is this the this one where Captain life is big hits? And he's just holding the shield. And there's a big-ass Hulk fist coming out at him and knocking his ass into the wall. Mm. And I thought that was a fucking great cover. Well, Joe, I wouldn't think of my number nine as a gimmick cover. But it was. But I pared it down to one. And for me, X-Men number one, the Magneto. That's the classic picture of Magneto. When I think about Magneto, that's what the fuck I think about. And uh, I think Jim Lee did a fantastic job on it. And I don't even really care for the X-Men so much. But that's a striking image, especially with all his magnetic shit or whatever filling up the background. The background, yeah. That's a different one for you, for sure. <laughs> So anyway, if you can see this, I don't know if you can or not. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was my nine there. Hulk's like, fuck you, Captain America. But anyway, my number eight is this one where Wolverine is changing into the he's infected by the brood. His Healing power, I guess, is uh, is not resisting that shit so well. And this one is like, I don't really like Mark Silvestri all that much, <laughs> but he did knock it out with a few covers. And I think this one is one of them. Another one that didn't make my list is where Wolverine is crucified on the cover because they went to Kenosha and that's what they do to muties out there is they crucify them. But yeah, this cover, fucking great. It's a good shadow hawk. What are we on? Number eight. eight. Number eight. That tells a story right there. That lets you know everything you're getting into. Some people will go with the fucking Tony Stark demon in a bottle shit. I know that's Agent Venom. And right on the side where that Bible is, there's a fucking handgun right on it. But they wouldn't dare put that on the fucking cover. This fucking Flash Thompson contemplating his legless life, about to get all fucking boozed up because he's a goddamn alcoholic. Is he going to do it, Joe? Yes. He... Mm-hmm. Alright, I guess she read <laughs> this boy. I like it because the cover tells a story. It's a little busy for my taste. Very but... busy. Very busy. But it lets you know exactly what's going down in the issue. And they gave him three pillows in that hotel room. (laughs) He's sitting on one of them because of his hemorrhoids. (laughs) 
Number seven, Joe. Number seven. My number seven is Mike Zek classic. Fucking, uh, I don't know what he did. He paints maybe watercolor. I don't know how he does this shit, but this shit I think, think looks great. The only one that he did that was better, it was a poster that they did where the puncher standing in front of a bunch of uh, uh, armory. You know, he's got like cases of fucking guns and all kinds of shit behind him. But this one for the cover, fucking great. Not a lot going on in the background. But I you like know that. what's going on. You know what's <laughs> going on. My number seven, I have The Spectacular Spider-Man 148 by old Sal Bushima or Bushima or Bushema, however the fuck you would like to say that. Or Bakuma. Mm, Basakma. Mm. This is a old Gary Conway joint and uh, very self-explanatory. Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy, and Ned Leeds all crawling out of their fucking graves, scalified. You're it's a big just... fan of that whole Inferno crossover shit, huh? No, I just that's a striking cover, and it looks good. Not a whole lot of horror Spider-Man covers out there that's not Todd McFarlane, so when you can find one, Put it on the list, Joe. And I, all these, I should say that I actually own all these uh, comic books. And this one I have all signed. I said, yeah, I have signed by Gary Conway. This is the one that I chose to. Does Joe not have a six either? Nope, there it is. Joe, number six. The Micronauts. This is some Pat Broderick art. Uh, there's a lot of good Micronaut cover art, but I didn't want to repeat the titles and just show you nothing but Micronaut cover art. But this is a good image of a Croyer. He's battling off his own demons because that's what Nightmare does to you. A Nightmare fills you with the shit that you're internally scared of, and it's usually yourself because we're the monsters. We're the monsters, Tom. And ethnics. Joe, my number six is another spooky Spider-Man cover. And I think this one is actually 311. <clears throat> another Todd McFarlane cover, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Little stuff in the background. You got some smoke action going on. Not too much. Could be fog. Smoke or fog action. And then you see... uh. I don't know if it's Spider-Man creeping up on Mysterio and then Mysterio recoiling. But uh, now that I look at it, I think, you know, their actions might be backwards. Maybe Spider-Man should be going, ah, and Mysterio should be going, ah. I think Mysterio's about to do some magic on him. That's why he's got his hands like that. He's like, I love peanut butter sandwiches. And But then why is Spider-Man going, ah, but I can't you. I'm and creeping then, behind the corner, mate. All of a sudden, the room's upside down, and Spider-Man thinks he's going crazy. And he turns in to Wings Hauser, Joe. Mm -hmm. Fucking prick. Number five. This is, uh, I can't pronounce these last, the Italian last names. This is David Mazzucelli. Uh, and this is, is it part of the born again? I don't know, but, I mean, shit's going crazy for Daredevil. He figures he has to join up with the Kingpin for a little while. And the Kingpin, well, here's a little test. I'm going to send my boys after you to see if you can take them down. Uh, I just think this cover is badass. It's fucking great. It's part of the story, too. It's not just, you know, like a lot of the covers now, they're just poses. You know, they'll get a painter or whatever. Like, hey, make a pose for this. You know, people don't give a fuck. They're either going to buy it or they're not. We don't care. Uh, this is a great cover. <laughs> My number five. Look at that background, Joe. Look at all the fucking space that's filled up. This shit's great. It's the first time I've seen this motherfucker. They were very smart. 
they released the poster and the comic book on the same day. So you know goddamn well I have this fucking framed up in a poster frame. <laughs> it's fucking great. Agent Venom, so fucking good. So fucking good, Joe. Asian Venom? He's fucking, what's his name? Ned Leeds from the Spider-Man movies. He plays Asian Venom. Okay. And I like this one, too, because it doesn't have the big goofy tongue and all the bullshit coming out. I like my Venom with just the sharp smile of the teeth. I don't need the fucking goofy tongue and shit. Go a little too overboard for me, dog. But that's all right, because we got a number four for you, Joe. And it's very topical. At number four, yes. Moon Knight. He just had a TV series that I haven't and maybe will never watch. But I thought this one was well. This is uh, Mike Kaluta, Katula, or whatever his name is. Kunthra. Uh, almost all his covers are, are fucking outstanding. And I thought this one was cool. It has a bit of a horror element to it with the with the mummy there. And the dead, they shall rise. Well composition, you know, that circle in the background keeping everything in place, Tom. Good shit. I like how the background isn't all mucked up with unnecessariness. <laughs> it's nice. Because he's in a dark room. You can only resurrect the dead in a dark room, Tom. Hmm, I didn't know that. This is true. Hmm. Number four. Mm. Number four. Another Gary Conway joint. I think this is the 11th Punisher anal. Obvious reasons this fucking cover is awesome. I didn't even fucking get Punisher at this time, but I seen this and I was like, I'd be a fucking idiot not to buy this fucking thing. And I also have this one signed by old Conway. And I'm sure he's like, why did you bring me this? Because it has a pumpkin <laughs> on it, you fuck. The That's why. Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. <laughs> fucking awesome. Number three. Number three. Spider-Man painted, drawn, whatever, by Charles Vess. He did a number of Spider-Man covers, and this is my favorite one, because uh, the Hobgoblin, who is infinitely better than the Green Goblin, is kicking Spider-Man's ass. He's probably going to rape him. (laughs) I think what's going to happen there. I hope he doesn't, because that would mean Spider-Man had broken anals. He's going to have to do it though because the building is on fire because he also has pumpkin bombs number three Joe there was one more cover better with a pumpkin on it and that's Ghost Rider 9 (laughs) look at that fucking shit Joe it's goddamn awesome the jerklin lantern Jacko! (laughs) Loved her and hanging with Mr. Cooper. What's better than a fucking flaming fucking pumpkin head? Fucking flaming pumpkin head and a flaming skull on it. If you don't think that's some cool imagery, I don't think you're some cool imagery, you fuck. And that's all I got to say about that. Just look at it. It's fucking awesome. I hadn't seen this one before. If you did, it probably would have made your list. It probably. It's a good cover. Shit. What are we on? Number... Ghost Rider looking all scared. (laughs) Hell yeah, because he's dripping pumpkin muck on him. Number two? Number two. Deathlock. This is the first time I'd ever read anything with Deathlock. It's like... Hey, who is this cyborg dude that's always talking to a computer? He's about to shoot Captain America. Fucking Mm. good. Shoot him. Shoot his ass. Uh, Again, Mike Zek. I think I've had Mike Zek on my list already, but maybe not. For Punisher. Yeah, for Punisher. I just think this is a badass cover. Do you have all these covers? I do. Good. Good. Number two. 
Number two, no surprise. I bring this one up often. For my money, that's the best fucking Hulk image out there. Him just trudging through the fucking ocean, having a miserable goddamn day, being the fucking Hulk, a miserable piece of shit. Background's not too busy, but you know it's raining. Good <laughs> stuff, Joe. Good stuff. And now we got number one. It all comes down to this, Joe. You ready? My number one Marvel comic cover is Conan the Barbarian's King Size Special Issue number one. Uh, Barry Windsor Smith. And this here is not even him at the top of his game, but it's like, holy shit, the amount of detail he puts in this. Like, there's uh, look at the bottom. Conan's, he's standing in water. You know, you don't notice that right away, but then, you know, it's just fucking great, man. He's looking like he's ready to kill some more motherfuckers if you come at him, you know. He's about to kill the reader. It's like, if you know, you do you dare turn this page? And it's a very special issue. It's an Academy Award issue. Fuck. Number one. Yep. I'm a simple man, Joe. It shouldn't come as any surprise. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Amazing Spider-Man 316. Hell yeah! Don't trust anybody, you stupid son of a bitch. For my money, that's the look of Venom right there. Tongue in his fucking mouth, where it should be, anatomically correct, evil grin with the teeth, about to murder the fuck out of Spider-Man. He just flipped the image. That's what he looked like in Mysterio's fucking fishbowl thing. Now, are they, like, going backwards? Is that, is that what that speed lines and shit is behind them? You know, It's the... like creep show lighting, Joe. Oh, is that where what it's it supposed is? to go like, <laughs> yep, that's what it is. And it's a they're on a broken box, they're about oh, to have that sex okay. on a broken box. I thought they were like emeralds or, or no, something. No, no, it's they're a like broken box, really sharp cabbages, or... really sharp. Nope. <laughs> well, that's it, Joe. That's it. Oh, the fucking sex bots are back because I wasn't able to see that shit. But that's okay. But Joe, those are those are our favorite Marvel comics. Covers. Well, join us next week as we give tribute to our heroes in the U.S. I'm talking about our truckers, the people that deliver all the shit that we don't need but fucking want. Oh, Red. So... Yeah, so this is going to be our top 10 tribute to Red entertainments that have to do with trucking. Could be movies, TV shows, comic books, songs, what have you. Yes, this is our tribute to Red. Damn. Kyle's like, you fuck. <laughs> I get shit. All right, then. Or Kyle, too, I guess, because he's a driver. <laughs> oh shit got him so yeah tune in next week as we pay tribute to the late great red herring it sucks we lost him when he drove off a cliff but you know that's the ways of the road sometimes you just gotta hold that piss jug a little lower and you won't be slamming your foot on the brake. Mm -hmm. but you gotta watch out when you step into those driver's showers you gotta always Always wear sandals. Don't go into those barefoot. You'll be, mm -mm. be stepping on a fat guy's pubic hair for show. That athlete's so, foot ain't no joke. And it ain't no myth. Mm -mm. So head on over to dwnproductions.net. Buy a hat. If you wanted something for Halloween, fuck you. 
I already told you, you should have got the order in. If you put the order in, you expect it for Halloween, probably not going to happen. I'm fucking filled up like those two dudes watching Amityville 1992. So if you want to go and get something to clean up those two dudes, we still got jerkling rags off there. Didn't take them off the site yet. I'm sure they would enjoy the roughness rubbing up against their skin or just buy the hat still have a few more uh and if you don't want shit for halloween then fuck go buy whatever the fuck you want there you just have to wait a minute but uh yeah that's it for me joe after that you can head on over to fastcustomshirts.com like i said i've got a busy week but uh i'm trying to knock out uh as many website orders that come in as possible in between the shit i'm doing so yeah it'll get out and we're stocking up for shows because we got a lot of other shows coming up in texas we're not traveling out of the state anytime soon but uh we will be in san antonio houston austin and of course various little things here in dallas so maybe we'll see you guys. Oh, no, most of y'all are fucking from out of state. So well, whatever. So order from the website, I guess. I don't fucking know. If you want this shirt, search Boy Gob at FastCustomShirts.com. And on that note, have a fucking great week. Be goddamned and Boy Gob. Oh.